Hey folks, Kyle here. Thank you for listening. Just taking another quick second out here and add on uh, my own show. Figure this is a good time to remind everyone of these shows I got coming up. I'm in Eureka, California. I'm in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Oakland, California, all starting actually next week. Basically some dates in there. May 16th in Eureka, 18th in Portland, May 23rd in Seattle, and May 25th in Oakland. Doing my show hard to say, uh, this comedy show I'm working on about living with trigeminal neuralgia. I've gone on and uh, on enough about it on here. I really had a, a lot of fun out in, in Colorado last month, and people came out from the shows, and that was it's the best. Seeing people out at shows who, who like the podcast is just the best, and developing this show about the very odd and difficult thing I'm going through has been a pleasure that is unexpected and makes me very happy, and I'm very proud of the show. Um, like I said, the, I've got those dates coming up, kyleayers.com slash shows. Please grab tickets now. Grab them while you're listening to this. Send it to a friend. Tell them to come out. Seattle, Portland, Eureka, Oakland. Uh, I would love for tickets to get moving a little bit. And so would the venues that are emailing me. And they're just it's going to be a really good time. I hope to see you out. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Once again, kyleayers.com slash shows. Uh, y'all are the best. Thank you. The absolute the best. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Hey everybody, on today's episode, the very funny Tommy McNamara is back with us. Uh, You may remember Tommy, he's been on the podcast previously. Tommy has never seen Richard Jewell... Uh, the movie that we all remember that came out, the movie we all think about and talk about all the time, Clint Eastwood's recent movie, Richard Jewell. Uh, he's never seen Richard Jewell. He rewrote it. We read his script. I think we're getting in a good groove on how to record remotely with all this, so I think it should be good sound quality. I think it it, it it should be. It's great. It's one of my favorite scripts we've done in a long time. Tommy's so funny. We're joined by Tom Takar as well, uh, who you remember, who was previously uh, on the episode with Tommy. Earlier, Tom and Tommy host Stand By Your Band, a podcast where people defend bands that normally get hate. Uh, I did an episode with the Eagles, which is bizarre. I can't imagine anyone not liking the Eagles for any reason. But this is Tommy. He's never seen Richard Jewell. Please enjoy his script. This feels like the most standard episode in a good way that we've done in a while. And hope you enjoy it. This is Tommy McMurray's never seen Richard Jewell, and uh, you would have if you subscribed to our Patreon, you would have had this episode already. We got exclusive stuff, early stuff, all that sort of stuff going on, on our Patreon. It's only a few bucks a month, and it's Patreon.com/slash/NeverSeenIt, and you can go check that out. Helps out the show if you subscribe there. It's Patreon.com/slash/NeverSeenIt. You'll get all the episodes early and ad-free, and some bonus stuff and all that sort of stuff. Patreon.com/slash/NeverSeenIt. If you're into that, please enjoy. Tommy McNamara has never seen Richard Jewell. And stay after the end of the episode, because we got a preview of Tommy as a new narrative podcast. I'll tell you more about it at the end, called My Spectacular Life. We're going to play a clip at the very end of the episode. It's so funny, and you want to check that out as well. Tommy McNamara, Richard Jewell. I'm saying it again. Tommy, I apologize. I didn't get a chance to read this before. So, any oh, that's fine. Are yeah, there yeah. any specific character choices you would like? To <laughs> no, no, no. We'll get into it. We'll get I think into it's it. better <laughs> if you. I think it's better if you don't read it before. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I'll start the thing here. Uh, gonna sync this up in case someone is 
syncing the audio. Here is the beginning. Um, I'm clapping because I'm doing video to make it easier to sync. Okay, great. Hey, everybody. This is Never Seen It. I am your host, Kyle Ayers. This is the podcast where I have comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen before. Uh, joining us today and really leaning on the flexibility of the word famous in famous movies is <laughs> Tommy McNamara. <laughs> Tommy, thanks for being here. I'm always flexible, Kyle, in more ways than one. <laughs> That's true. We're all out here in our houses. Yes, and I've been stretching every day. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined uh, by Tom Takar here. Yeah, with us once again. I've been stretching. I can suck my own dick. Is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to stretch enough to where I can eat my own ribs. <laughs> I just want to stretch enough to where I can eat a McRib. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got that baby back. <laughs> oh, I think that if you go through the McDonald's drive-thru now and order a McRib, they should say no. <laughs> She shouldn't be allowed to go and wait through the drive-thru and make someone potentially get sick because you want that. Mm, hard to disagree. In fact, I think they should open it all up. Do you actually like McRibs? Open it no, up. No, actually, I've never had a McRib. I, I have no Whoa. opinions about it. I think it, because in the picture of it, they have onions on it, and I hate onions. Specifically, I hate the McDonald's onions. Yes. So yes. I, I was never enticed by that. You okay. were pointing at yourself frantically, and then <laughs> I also hate onions, and I oh. I don't trust McDonald's to keep them off of something. If I said, oh, so imagine being like a, you go to McDonald's, you're like, can I get the McRib? But I'm particular about it. <laughs> exactly, I can't imagine doing that. So I, yeah, I I don't order anything at McDonald's where I have to ask for modifications because no of that exact thing. I always go chicken because or and fries, and maybe I'll go. Like a breakfast item, they're not going to put onions on, but they put they have those little onions that go on stuff, and you you can't even when you scrape them off, they're because yeah. they're chopped like that, you can still taste them. And I know that's their job to make them like that. And if you ask for them not to, it, it really mucks things up. So I just prefer not to. I mean, I agree with you one hundred percent. I wish I had some sort of other take to keep this banter going. Here's, but you you are saying everything I have I've ever slight, avoided saying going through a drive through. I have a slight addition here, which is that. Uh, so this has become a, a bit of an issue in um, not in my relationship. I shouldn't say. <laughs> but, what did I just say? I had my head in my hands the whole rest of the show. <laughs> Things aren't going well because of little onions, but. Um, but little onions still, is what we call our kid. <laughs> little onions on the patties. <laughs> little onions on the hamburgers. You're making it sound um, like little onions is like uh, the words that Tim Robinson was singing when that other guy was singing the dramatic country western <laughs> song. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, uh, it, we're staying with um, my girlfriend's parents right now, and they are, everybody but me loves onions here, and it's come up now more than once where they they kind of just go. Why don't you like it? Uh, too much? They'll just they get blunt yeah. and they go, "Why don't yeah. you like onions?" And I'm just like, "I can't. I don't know what." And they go, "You know, I used to not like. Onions. I, I know. I know that tastes can change. It's just <laughs> I don't like them. Uh, you can't. Win. People look at you like you're a fucking idiot if you don't like onions. Yeah. Like how Tommy's they'll be like, you know, it's most, right you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's mostly water. And you're like, great, give me that part of it only and let the rest of it have never touched yeah. it. Okay, then how about you just put a bunch of onions in your water and see if that's just as refreshing, you piece of <laughs> like shit, the worst Tommy. hotel of all time. <laughs> it's like Motel 6 instead of having uh, cucumber water. It's onion water. <laughs> 
Tommy, do you love onions? I love onions so much. He loves onions. <laughs> and he's one of these people, if I bring up, oh, I'd like to eat that, but I don't like onions, he goes, well, I love them, so that's not really a problem for me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I talk. <laughs> I love them, so that is not a problem for me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Tommy, thanks. Thank you. I do want to say thank you for having never seen this movie. Yes, yes. We've made it pretty far in without talking about it. A big sacrifice. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a a bingo card for my show where anytime I talk about uh, Star Wars fandom, basically it's going to be like all the shit that I keep doing and that I assume hope people aren't sick of. Um, But one of them is going to be talking about Clint Eastwood Mm -hmm. and making the joke about him talking to the empty chair. And so I'm going to, um, <laughs> but this thing has happened where Clint Eastwood seems to make one movie every 18 months now. And I forget about all of them. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll be watching a trailer, like for instance, for this movie. And I'll say it, it's not a reveal Richard Jewell, um, which it's been a while since I've been as excited to Photoshop a poster as I already am for this one. <laughs> just to put you maybe putting a bomb under a bench in the Atlanta Olympic Village. <laughs> I think um, there's this, uh, an actual picture of that that you could just use. Yeah. Well, t- it's just Tommy sends me his picture. <laughs> I, w- uh, the guy who's in this, I think, was the guy from. I don't want to. I don't want to go too much in because I don't. I I didn't read through the script yet. But every time I see these trailers, I'm like, this looks pretty good. And then it's like directed by Clint Eastwood. I'm like, oh, how, somehow this trailer feels like it hates minorities now. <laughs> it is. It's Paul Walter Hauser who was in uh, I Tanya. And who is in Itania, not only just in it, but the revelation of that movie to he's me. He's incredible in mm-hmm. it. Uh, I think he's a great actor. I really like him. And also, yeah. I went to him for Halloween this year. And so there's an easy picture you could use. Um, but I did that. Were you, wait, were you called I Tanya? <laughs> so I did that and I put up the picture on Instagram and someone quoted Richard Jewell in theaters now. And it made me so mad, even though I was being Paul Walter Hauser in a different part. I was like, oh, is this a fat joke? It's like, no, I am being the guy. <laughs> Just in a different part. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember when I went as Steve Irwin the year that he died, and someone put a quote up there like Australian guy, and I was like, Ah, oh, no, I'm just trying to be dead TV man. <laughs> there were too many Steve Irwins. It was his own flaw dying in like August or September. It was the same with Steve Jobs. I think they both died really around that mm. time where there were too many of them. God, that's got to be the worst time. You want to die in uh, November because then people mm-hmm. at Christmas kind of remember right. you. You got end of if year you die awards. Where it, like, if you generally wear clothes people can throw together last minute and add blood to, you got to die in November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I went as Doug one year because he was dead to me. He had switched to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> In fucking September, too. Oh, I do want to tell everyone I wasn't actually Steve Irwin for Halloween ever. You weren't? <laughs> no. Oh, I thought that <laughs> I was, was real. <laughs> no, I, I don't put that much thought into Halloween costumes. Uh, yeah, me neither. I, I've never put a lot in. This was the most, this year I put the most I've ever thought into, which is a Tim Robinson character, so... It was. Were you the? What were you? The hot dog? No, that'd be too much. I just did the the uh, TC Tuggers shirt, and oh, I was shocked to see that like three other people I follow on Instagram also did that. I really thought I'd be. And also, my girlfriend was like, "Nobody's gonna know what the fuck you are," and then everybody at the party loved it. <laughs> <laughs> this was the year I put the most 
And it was only two days worth, but I put like 14 hours into being Edgar in the Edgar suit from Men in Black. <laughs> and I was like, it was a ton of effort. I put like overalls and dirty shirt and like, you know, and then had like, if I raised my wrist, it, it had a little rubber band of bugs that would crawl out from underneath my shirt. And uh, then Vincent D'Aforno saw it and said, this is very cool. And I was like, uh, I I guess this is the most that could have happened. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like it was really cool. And it made me very happy that he said that. But then I was like, you know, what else did I expect there to be? I do love that we're doing the never seen it Halloween special in early May. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about uh, uh, being scared. You never know when. It's so spooky. It wouldn't be spooky in October. In October, we're going to keep doing the March Madness bracket from last year. That's the thing about being scared. Eyes get older. Those little girls from The Shining stay the same age. (laughs) Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, Okay, so, so Richard Jewell. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure people, this movie also, I want to say this movie maybe s- suffered because of coming out right before the pandemic, but I don't even know if that's true. It could have just suffered from being, it looked like he shot the whole thing with a vignette around the edges. No, it was like, didn't it come out with plenty of time before the pandemic? Right. I don't even remember. I Because I, yeah. I was going to, I thought about seeing it and then I had the same feeling. I was watching the trailer and then as soon as Clint Eastwood popped up, I was like, yeah, I can miss that. <laughs> I don't need to see that. Most yeah, Clint Eastwood movies, I just decide to watch on a train while two French guys save me from getting killed on that train. <laughs> what was that? Remember movie when called? he put the actual guys in the movie? Yeah. What an idiot! <laughs> what an it! Like that's the most pretentious thing I've ever thought of. <laughs> what if I had the actual army guys play themselves in the movie? I don't know. Did. Bradley Cooper was in Shooter. They didn't even have an actual baby play the baby. <laughs> they had a doll that cost $8. <laughs> and that guy's a murderer and named Kyle, I think. Last name Anyways, Kyle. That's First right. name greatest. Forever. Oh. <laughs> so what, uh, Tommy, what's your relationship with Clint Eastwood? Do you like Clint Eastwood movies? Do you like the actor? Do you like the... Uh, um, when I was a kid... I remember thinking that Mystic River was like the deepest movie I'd ever seen. Whatever age I was when I saw it, I was like, this is... Otherwise, it'd be Mystic Canal. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) And I thought it was so good. And then I remember, same thing with Gran Torino. At the time when I saw it, I was like, this is incredible. And then years later, I was like, oh, these are so stupid. (laughs) Oh, Mystic River too? I haven't haven't watched that since I was a kid too. So I also feel like, I was like, this movie, this one gets it. I thought yeah, yeah. I thought that might be the exception. I I, I yeah I wouldn't say. But I don't Mr. know. Fiver, I haven't seen it since. I was well, it's based off a great book, but Gran Torino. I, I guess at the time I was like, oh my god, he's lying down his arms. He's like Christ. That's brilliant. And then it's like, oh wait, he's <laughs> this is not brilliant at all. This brilliance uh, has not been mimicked in a movie since Boondock Saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, and then I saw, I don't yeah. think I saw any of the other recent ones. I didn't see American Sniper or that train one or Richard Jewell. I feel like I just stopped seeing Clint Eastwood movies after a while. A friend of mine is in the train one and I forget what it was called. They had a very small part and said Clint Eastwood only does one take of everything. Yeah. He like n- hammers out these movies in like four weeks, uh, like the mule to, and it's just, like, it doesn't oh, seem like I he's that interested the in them. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I got to give a shout out to this email. I just got that says, uh, 
Shout out to Kyle Ayers, age 32, of Dawson, who was charged with two accounts of possession of a controlled substance, drug <laughs> paraphernalia, and two felony warrants. So that'll be fun for a while. At least he's also almost the same age as me. <laughs> well, there was uh... In my birthday next month, I'll, I'll fit everything on that Google search. <laughs> there was a Tommy McNamara who broke up a robbery this year, and it Ooh. made me so mad because it was just like, Tommy McNamara is a hero, would be the headline. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. But then it was this other one. <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> even you play the your soccer cards player? Right. <laughs> what? And it wasn't even the soccer player? No, and there's also a professional soccer player named Tommy McNamara who is most of my Google alerts, who keeps right, scoring goals. A- a semi-pro Tampa Bay Rays Kyle Ayers that I'm just like, I hope this dude keeps fucking tanking in AAA. I can't have this guy make it to the big leagues. I'm like, I need some people to really, I need this guy's batting average to drop so his uh, SEO does the same. I can't imagine what it would be like to have like an athlete with the same name as you. That must be crazy. <laughs> so you have to, so you have to, Oh yeah, my name now because no one knows anymore. That's true. My legal name is Thomas Brady. (laughs) uh, I mean, but I didn't for years as Tom Brady, so many people still uh, feel the need to tag me whenever that man does anything. Yeah, definitely people who really get it and are close with you are the people who want to keep yelling at. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I I went through something similar though. A lot of people call me Petty, so every time something comes up in NASCAR uh, with Kyle Petty, they're like, "Was it? Were they talking about?" uh, this one, whose riff should have ended already, or were they talking about? <laughs> and, and that happened once, and you keep bringing it up. Which... Yeah. <laughs> and they never let it go. And Seems it was a little, nothing at the uh, time. Kyle Petty to me. <laughs> oh man! So I, sim- of... I suffer from a similar thing with Tom Petty. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so first off, big missed opportunity for this man to not go by Dick Jewel, which is just a <laughs> good name. Yes. Oh, that's a fine name. Dick uh, Jewel? Dick Jewel. It's like vajazzling for men. Tommy, if you play your cards right, you might be able to play. If you could convince Clint Eastwood, you're the Tommy McNamara hero and play him in the movie. Ooh, that's, that's a, a good great move. idea. That's a and great then maybe idea. Richard Jewel will go as you for Halloween. <laughs> I have kind of an in with Clint Eastwood um, because... Well, it's not Clout Eastwood. (laughs) I... This is so stupid, but when I was a kid, I went to... Me and my cousins, one of our hobbies... This is before kids had phones and uh, video Mm -hmm. games and newspapers to entertain them. We had we had the we had books at the library, and one of the books was celebrities' mailing addresses, and we just we just what? mailed every we sent letters we sent fan mail to as many celebrities as we could write out, and Clint Eastwood wrote me back with an autographed picture of him that Whoa. I wow. in my room. That's pretty tight. That's insane. I didn't even. Get, it was him, and uh, I had a framed picture of uh, Reba McIntyre too, but I won that at a carnival. I, I know the weird thing is Clint Eastwood sent that back too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've always had a a small amount of respect for for him because of that. Also, John Travolta, uh, but I'm sure that was. I feel like Clint Eastwood did it personally, but John Travolta, I feel like hired somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't see how I guess Clint Eastwood's doing it at like the desk. Abe Lincoln received the memo that the war is over on, like in his house, and he's like rolling the cart up on the thing, and he still makes Adam Driver sit there and receive the telegraph. Uh, but speaking of Richard Jewell, 
<laughs> Tommy's never seen Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. Tommy, you're going to cast it up however you want it. You wrote this script here of what you assume Richard Jewell is about. Yes. Um, so go ahead and you let us know who you'd like us to play. So, so should I do the stage directions then? And yeah, you can do the wall to wall there. Okay, the, I'll do the uh, wall to wall. Tom, I'm going to have you be Richard Jewell. Okay. And Kyle, you're going to play every other part. Great. <laughs> Does that work? It works. And let's all pretend that um, no one's done a chair joke before. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Wait, perfect. That no one's done a chair joke before? Oh, yes. What joke, what? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. We're okay. really putting the uh, airs and chairs in here. Let's do this. <clears throat> Clint Eastwood's <gasps> Richard Jewell, a Clint Eastwood film. Interior, Richard Jewell's house, whatever year those Olympics were. We open on our hero, Richard Jewell, who is a chubby and mustached man of the people, the American people, God's people. Jewell is sleeping on his back and his arms are spread out, so it almost looks like he is being crucified, like some sort of Christ figure. All of a sudden, he jolts up, as if from a bad dream, and looks at his alarm clock. Uh, Oh no! I am late for the Olympics! Richard quickly gets dressed and puts on his security guard outfit. His mom, Kathy Bates, calls from downstairs. Richard, are you hungry? I don't know why who Kat, <laughs> Kathy Bates is like leaning into being Mrs. Doubtfire briefly. <laughs> Richard, are you hungry? <laughs> I made American breakfast. No, Mom. I have to go. Today is the day of the Olympics. <laughs> Richard exits his room and falls down the stairs, hitting his head on every stair. <laughs> Oh, Richard, be careful. Here, before you go, I want you to have this. She hands him a gun. Mom, I already have a gun on my waistband. Sweetie, this is the Olympics. There will be non-Americans everywhere. Having two guns on you is just responsible. Okay, Mommy. I'll take this, but I have to go. Just remember, Richard. Be very careful. There will be a lot of media there, and the media loves to bring down beautiful white men like you. (laughs) Boy, that'll be a fun isolated clip. (laughs) (laughs) Richard exits the house. He trips on the porch steps and rolls all the way to his car. He gets in and heads to the Olympics. Exterior, the Olympics. Richard Jewell walks around the grounds of the Olympics while eating a corn dog. He keeps seeing people from different countries. Whenever he does, the score becomes a version of the type of music associated with that country, except it's really sinister, to let you know that they're inherently evil since they're not from America. It's true what they say. (laughs) The Olympics really are the international games. Better make sure I'm a good security guard today to keep my countrymen safe, my countrymen from America safe. Good thing I brought two guns. Richard <laughs> continues to patrol the Olympic Village and fields. He decides to scope out the hur- to scope out the hurdles in the track and field section, and he trips over every single one in order. But that's okay. <laughs> America is safe. He pulls another corn dog from his pocket, but then he is struck by an intense realization. Oh my God. This corn dog is only lukewarm. Richard is sweating and panicked. He has no idea what to do. He starts going to various fields and events looking for somewhere to heat up his corn dog. He's hit by a shot put in the gut. A long jumper jumps over him. He accidentally walks off the diving board and belly flops. He still can't find somewhere to heat up his corn dog, which is now covered in chlorine, and he is growing despondent. It seems like a man in American cannot catch a break. Did you have to read the typo? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm deep in character, Tommy. I saw your face realize you were going to read the typo. I could see you make the choice. A man, light eyes light up in American. <laughs> okay. He is, uh, <clears throat> he is toweling off and walking around when all of a sudden he hears a mysterious ticking noise. Richard is terrified, but then he has an epiphany. He recognizes the noise. It's the timer from a toaster oven. He rushes over and finds a mysterious black bag where the ticking is coming from. The only markings on the bag are five words. Richard decides he will remember those words no matter what. (laughs) Who keeps a toaster oven in a nondescript black bag? He unzips the bag and realizes that it's not a toaster oven, it's a bomb. He still tries to stick the corn dog in, but then realizes that won't work. (laughs) Richard screams, everyone back away. He gets on his walkie-talkie, but it isn't working. Probably interference from the Russians. He needs to tell his boss about the bomb and realizes the only way to do it is to run. He takes off sprinting towards his boss. While on the way there, he accidentally enters the archery field and is hit in the head (laughs) by every single arrow. He finally gets to the office. Richard! Oh my god, what happened to your head? It looks like some sort of crown of thorns. (laughs) Richard pulls the arrows out of his forehead and drops them on his boss's desk. There's a bag in the North Pavilion and it's got a bomb in it. Also, the bag had some words on it. They said, I don't care what the bag said. I'm calling the bomb squad. He pulls out his phone. North Pavilion, black bag, diffuse it and let everyone know. Richard Jewell did nothing wrong. (laughs) It's been diffused. Richard, you are an American hero. No way the media or FBI tries to take you down. Thank you, boss. I just got one question. What's that? Where the heck is the Dawn microwave? (laughs) Studio audience erupts in laughter and applause. (laughs) Damn, I wish I knew how to do sound effects because I have that right here in front of me. (laughs) Title card, one hour later. Interior, shared office of the FBI and the media. (laughs) 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 What looks like a typical office building contains two of the most sinister forces known to man. On the wall, there is a corkboard labeled Great American Heroes to Tarnish, with pictures of great Americans like Ronald Reagan and Grandpa Torino. We see see a dividing line on the carpet. On one side is the media, and on the other side is the FBI. John Draper and Olivia Wilde, no E, sit on either side of the line. All right, I'll be John and Olivia. Here (laughs) we go. John, you see this story about the security guard at the Olympics? Oh, no, I don't watch sports. I read books about feminism. You might want to see this. They're calling this guy Richard Jewell, an American hero. I'd pay good money to see him taken down. (laughs) I like that idea. I hate it when a man is a hero. Me and the media will take him down. What's in it for us? That's that's what the money is for. Sounds good. I'll sleep with you to get more information. That's the kind of thing us media women do. Okay. There's a steamy seven-minute sex scene between them, but the sinister foreign music from before plays, so you know that the sex is un-American. Interior jewel house. Uh, Kathy is talking to Richard. Richard, I'm so proud of you for being an American hero and for being my son, Richard. Thank you, Mom. Hopefully no one takes this moment away from us. I brought some water for us to celebrate. Kathy looks at the glass shocked. 
This isn't water. This is wine. Richard mm. Trucks. <laughs> I'm going to turn the TV on. I'm going to turn on the TV and see what's happening in the news. He turns on the TV. All right, newscaster. We have two top stories today. <laughs> Story one, there's a new dance called the Macarena. Story two. <laughs> According to the media, the security guard hero, Richard Jewell, actually planted the bomb at the Olympics. According to the media, <laughs> the FBI is investigating. And if their suspicions are right, Mr. Jewell will have to learn the Macarena in jail. Kathy turns the TV off quickly. How could they do this to my boy, my hero? Why would the media say those things, Mama? It is like they take some sick joy in taking down great American white men. Kathy looks out the window and realizes there are 60-style hippies protesting on the lawn. Go to your room. Richard goes to his room. Hold on, can I give that a new read? I, I didn't want. She came off as mad about him. I, let me do it mm-hmm. as she's mad about the hippies. Will you give me mm-hmm. that lead-in line again? Kathy looks out the window and realizes there are 60-style hippies protesting on the lawn. Go to your room. Richard goes to his room and starts talking to his chair, which is a normal thing for a man to do. Oh, chair. I was just sacrificing myself to keep people safe. Why won't they let me be a hero? Richard! (laughs) Richard! Stay strong! You are an American! There's a knock on the bedroom door. It's Kathy Bates. The FBI and the media are here to talk to you. They said that they're giving you one chance to defend yourself. This is your chance to set the record straight so you'll be a hero again. Now I want to make sure you don't get violent, so I'm going to tie you to your bed. She ties Richard to his bed. She then gets blocks of wood and a big hammer and hobbles him. (laughs) Richard screams out in agony. (laughs) Sorry, Richard. As your mother, I am your biggest fan, and I couldn't risk you leaving with FBI and media. I understand. That is why you are a good mom. Olivia and John enter the bedroom. Okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. Wow, these are not the kind of bedrooms we have in New York and Hollywood. Are you a simple man and therefore you are... Oh, you are a simple man and therefore you are bad. We were right to frame you. Now, Olivia, let's give him a chance. Richard, how can you prove that you just found the bombs and didn't set them yourself? Richard is silent. See, I knew it. He is scum, and it is good we took him down. Richard, oh, Richard, tell them. Tell them the five words on the bag. Five words. The bomb squad and the FBI did not read the five words on the bag. Only I noticed them because I am the true hero. The bag said, property of Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Therefore, I am innocent, and Osama bin Laden is guilty. I am going to join SEAL Team 6 someday so I can hunt and kill him. Oh my god, what have we done? He is a hero. Sorry, Richard, it turns out FBI and media are bad and you are the true hero. I'd like to buy you a Coke. I cannot drink a Coke. I am dying. (laughs) Richard dies. (laughs) Title card, three days later, interior, (laughs) Richard's bedroom. I am alive again and a hero again. Oh, good. Hey, Richard, I want to teach you a new dance. It's called the Macarena. John and Olivia immediately jump up from their chairs. They've been there the whole time. Can we do the Macarena too? I don't know. 
Can you? <laughs> he leaps out of bed and all four start dancing the Macarena. The camera pans up to heaven where we see God and Uncle Sam. They are doing the Macarena too. The end. Man, the uh, music is really uh, going to help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, it always seems to go. You don't know what you got till it's gone. You know what I mean? That's just what I've always said. <laughs> Tom, thank you for using Richard Jewell's famous Jersey accent. <laughs> I I will say I wanted to change that three lines in as I remembered who he was. But I like that your your take on the character was he's melting during the movie. <laughs> I, I, I drifted between there was a minute where I almost went Danny Callis and then I I went. I had moments of Homer from season one. And, There's uh, some Mucinex man in there. Yeah. <laughs> I really could not. I, I wish well, I had Speaking of uh, terrorist threats on trains, the Mucinex man. <laughs> I just want you to know, is when Kyle asked for that second read on that one line, I almost asked if I could have a whole new read on the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. I think I, I would like to commend you, Tommy, on putting out a script more subtly anti-media than what I imagine the movie actually is. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, at least you gave them an office. I would imagine the media members in Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell probably live in a dumpster. <laughs> Well, there was a there was a controversy that I remember reading about. I didn't see the movie, but there was a real woman who was a reporter that um, he had sleep with someone for information where they got sued because she didn't do that. And she was a real uh. person. And it was like, you can't just put that in the movie when it's like a very bad thing. Yeah, it's like a trope yeah. in a lot of movies with journalists. And it's like one of the biggest rule like it's you can't sleep with sources it's like one of the biggest like yeah. no-nos in journalism yeah it's insane. otherwise they push you in front of a train and then become president <laughs> <laughs> and then i don't know what he's up to now seems like a nice guy though <laughs> like let me be frank uh <laughs> <laughs> talk about sleeping with someone under wood <laughs> <laughs> we of course are talking about molly's one. game <laughs> uh i think it's great I want to play. We got a new game on the podcast that I want to try with you guys. An experimental game to see how it works here. It's going to be influenced by my algorithm online, but this game is called How Many Movies from This Specific Category on Netflix Do You Think You Can Name? We'll Take Turns. Last man stand, last person standing wins. How's so they have sound? to be currently streaming on Netflix? Yeah, that's what I was I went on Netflix well. right now, right before the podcast, on the Netflix that I always use, and I looked at a category. And there are 35 movies under that category currently streaming on Netflix. I'm going to tell you the category. You'll go back and forth, each naming one movie under that category, and we'll see who can survive last. Does here's, that sound good? Here's my question, though. like, Because it's pretty specific which movies are on Netflix and in that category. So what if we immediately fuck it up? It's just over. Then we move on to a new game. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good question. Okay. Good question, me. <laughs> but there are 35, and I tried to do a vague one. I feel like now okay. is a good time. People are spending sure. a lot of time on Netflix. Sure, sure. Uh, and we're going to go easy. So, so Tom, you'll pick first, and we're going to see who can end up. Uh, the category is critically acclaimed films. Critically acclaimed I'll go films. with, uh, I, I just assume that it's on Netflix. The Godfather? It is not on Netflix. Duh. 
<laughs> well, there we go. Tommy, if you can name any of the 35 critically acclaimed films on Netflix, you win this game and the only iteration it'll ever have on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Also not on Netflix. Yes, it is. I watched that movie on Netflix two weeks ago. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, it is not on that list. It was so critically acclaimed. Thirty-five movies is a very limited pool. Sorry, Tommy. Netflix definitely doesn't skew this. We're thinking of only the cream of the crop, like Circus of Books, (laughs) uh, Ant Man versus the Wasp. (laughs) Critically acclaimed movies that are universally beloved and way better than here's, uh, here's The Godfather I... or Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, we got some other ones in here. A Secret Love, I've never heard of. The Half of It, I've never heard of. Um, you know, the movies that everyone heard the agrees half will it. remember forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the title was just going to be of it. But Can I give you us. a possible fix for this game? Get rid is of it. If pay you... the refs. Yeah, one, one pay the refs, deflate the footballs. Um, uh, <laughs> I would say, what if you did? We I have this list of uh, movies that are on Netflix's critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. and give us a ch- give us a choice between two movies. One is on that list, and one is not, and we have to guess which one. I think is. another way could be: I have a list of twenty <laughs> movies on Netflix. Which of these five are on the critically acclaimed? There films? we go. Okay, yeah, there we go. There's something. Uh, also on this list, Naked Gun. Hey, that's a, oh, I gotta watch that. I'm, My I'm buddy OJ was in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he runs away with it. Famous <laughs> actor OJ Simpson. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, back into a tried and true game that we have on here. This game is called Build the Perfect Movie. Build the perfect movie. Yes. Now you just you just have to pretend that the music is playing, and I'll add it in afterwards. Uh, this is the Tommy McNamara and Andy Frasco specialty game because that one time yes. we got a hundred percent. Got a hundred percent, a perfect movie. I actually have someone submitted me some build the perfect movies. Let me find them in here. Uh, not not some perfect movies, but some new categories for them, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys, the first thing we're going to try and do, so you, we know how it works. If you're listening, I'm going to explain it. The idea of Build the Perfect Movie is I will give a category to Tommy and to Tom, and they will each have to pick two movies from that category whose Rotten Tomatoes score is adds up to as close to 100 as possible without going over. Price is right rules apply. They'll both pick one. We'll recap the scores. They'll both pick their second. We'll see who's closest. What if we um, did? So um, what if we did like critically yeah. acclaimed movies on Netflix as the category? I can't find a list of those anywhere. So <laughs> you know how long it took me to screenshot five Netflix, seven Netflix scrolls, and put it together into one image. All right. If we have a bingo card for the podcast, Kyle puts a lot of effort into a scrapped bit. Is the free space? So I'm not super. Super worried about it. All right, so here we go. First category for building the perfect movie. Um, the, you're going to try and build the perfect movie where any part of it takes place in space. Speaking okay. of free space. <laughs> build the perfect movie where any part of it takes place in space. And so, Tommy, you'll pick first. You're our writer. Um, I will go with space balls. Sorry, that was actually all shot on a soundstage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that new Tom Cruise movie so that he's going to shoot Tom in space. Cruise movie. Yeah, and some documentaries, <laughs> if you believe the internet. Okay, Tom, your first movie. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with a movie. Oh, I'm gonna go with a movie called Space Cowboys. All right, let's review Space Balls, Tommy. Fifty-seven mm-hmm. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're looking for a forty-three. Looking for forty-three. Movie Tom, forty-three. Space, Cow- <laughs> Space United forty-three. <laughs> the weird prequel where it's just people <laughs> arriving safely. Uh, um, Tom. Seventy-eight percent for Space what? Cowboys. I thought it was terrible. I thought for some reason I, I remember it being like a ten that. or something. I thought That's it was super insane. Low. So you're looking for a twenty-two. You're looking for a twenty-two, and okay. so Spaceballs will pick first. Tommy, you'll pick first. What is that Natalie Portman movie that just came out? Fuck. Um, oh, are you talking about Annihilation? No, 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 no. Um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is what I'm going to pick. That's what it is. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And you're sure she goes high enough in the sky to qualify in this category? <laughs> you don't know the half of it. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's just called Lucy in the Sky. But Shut there we up. go. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Well, you know what's going to suck? I'm probably never going to go back and add music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, twenty-two uh, percent space cow. You were looking for. We have space cowboys at seventy-eight. Oof! I think I'm gonna go with uh, Pluto Nash. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> right, here we go. Space balls. Space balls. Fifty-seven percent. Mm-hmm. Lucy in the sky. Twenty-two percent. Oh, nice. So we're looking done. at a seventy-nine. A seventy-nine total. Space cowboys. 78%. Man, I would have Oh, wait, Nash. so Tom's going to win. Pluto Nash, four. <laughs> so Tom wins. Uh, oh, yeah, you're 82%, right. 82%. 82%. Wow. So Space Space Cowboys, the Pluto Nash. What was, your, what was your, what was Lucy in the sky? 22. Fuck, yeah, if I, if I knew that one, I would have gotten a perfect 100. But <laughs> I, I know, I and if you get that, that on your own, we donate $1,000 to charity. But <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Pluto Nash go inside his own body? <laughs> Am I thinking of the wrong movie? I, I, You're thinking of critically acclaimed Ant-Man versus the Wasp, maybe? <laughs> in my head, he went... I, I get, I'm going to be totally honest. I have not seen it's Pluto It's the adventures Nash of Pluto Nash, and it's set on the moon. The whole movie is set on the moon. Is that true? Oh, so the moon is That's space? <laughs> the moon We're is on a soundstage stage. in Arizona. <laughs> Folks, I mean, one of my favorite jokes that... I, I wrote was was just about how I said, you guys see Apollo 13 that was wrote that the whole thing was actually shot on a soundstage. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. Great. All right. Next category. Next category. This one. Okay. This one's a little. We're oh, gonna and, go. For and it. I shan't be forgetting Tommy challenging my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that take place in his body? I thought Boyhood. that's what Pooty Nash was about. Did you say Pooty? Did you say Pooty Nash? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's the opposite of a before and after. Uh, maybe I was thinking of Osmosis Jones. That's I, I think that's because I was Jones. also trying to think of that. Uh, yeah, I've I've gotten those very movies mixed up. All right, now we are looking for uh, this next category. We're going to call is called the Oceans One Hundred and Eleven. You will have to pick two movies that star someone who is in Oceans Eleven. And the percent must add up to as close to 111 as possible without Ooh. going over. This is the Ocean's okay. 111. This is a good one. So the per- I really, this they sent this in. This is a great idea for a perfect movie. Ocean's 111. <laughs> 
Tom, you're first because you're the victor. I'm Tommy, first. you can go whenever the guy who won gets around to answering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, is just for clarity, is Ving Rames in those movies? No. Okay, I don't know why I thought that. Anyway, doesn't matter. He's in Mission Impossible. Yeah, I know. That's why I was. That's where I was going with this. But uh, anyway, I'm gonna go with a little movie called Stepmom. Julia Roberts. Great. All right, Tommy. First one for Ocean's 111. I'm gonna go with Downsizing, the Matt Damon film. Downsizing, oh, the Alexander Payne flop. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy because even on the poster, they spelled his last name differently just so you knew what to expect. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Stepmom, Julie Roberts, 45%. 45%. So you're looking for a 66, okay. a 66 to get to Ocean's 111. Downsizing. Where are we at? 48%. Wow, I thought it'd be lower. So for a 63. Okay. A 63%. And so, uh, Tom, you'll pick first with stepmom. I'm looking for something that's around... Sorry, well, how much do I need? 60... Looking for a 46. A 46. Or 66. 66. I'm looking for a 66. Okay. Okay. Um... I am going to go... A lot of the people in the Oceans movies have been in a lot of 60s to 75s, I feel like. Yeah, I know. Um, Matt Damon is talented Mr. Ripley, right? Yes. I'll do that. All right. Downsizing, 48%. So we're looking for a 63. All right, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Bernie Mac and Transformers. <laughs> Perfect. All right, here we go. Here we go. Transformers movie. I always love one where I have to actually type in movie. That's how you know it's an entity. Um, <laughs> it won't even take you didn't me there have to because do that with I had to. I, well, I did. I had to type in stepmom and then turn on the Google safe search. <laughs> Man, it's so hard to find. Here we go. Transformers. Okay. Boom. Downsizing. Forty-eight percent. Mm-hmm. Transformers, 2007, 58%. Wow, You're at well 106. Done. That's well a good done. Oceans movie. And we want 111? That's who you said? You want 111. Wow, well done, Tommy. Everyone knows what percent that is, and it's not just the calculator I have pulled up. It's a <laughs> 95.459459%, Tommy. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. we got to beat ni- we got to beat a 106. We have Stepmom, 45. Talented Mr. Ripley, 83. What? 83. Wow, I fucked Way up. Way over. I thought that movie kind of sucked, but I guess that I'm a dumbass. He's more talented than you think, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't called A Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> this was the one. I, if if it was way higher, if, uh, yeah, if Stepmom was way higher, I was going to go with Stuck on You, and now I wish I had. I really mm. fucked up. Mm. Truly the first time in history someone wishes they had gone with Stuck on You. <laughs> so I, th- I think I'm the only person who's seen that movie like three times. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't completely with you until the end when you said three times. All right, here we go. Are we doing a tiebreaker? We're going to do a tiebreaker. Oh, this yeah. is a movie with weed in it. A movie okay. with weed in it. Okay. Uh, am I going first this time? 
I was going to try and do a funny percent, but I'm not sure you could find two movies that are up to 420. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't Tommy, think that's possible. Tommy, you are first. We're going for two movies with weed in them. Rotten Tomato score is up to as close to 100% as possible without going over. I'm going to go with the recent film that is The Gentleman. All about weed. Not great. a great movie. Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? It is. Where it looks like they cast it based on a poster they wanted to make? <laughs> yes. Uh. I would have rather just looked at the poster. Who is that? Is that guy Richie? It, it mm-hmm. has to be. It's called The Gentleman, and it's got a bunch of dudes with slick back hair and leather jackets on it. <laughs> yep. And as I was walking out of the theater, this guy comes up to me who I didn't know and goes, well, that wasn't exactly... Uh, what was the famous Guy Ritchie movie? Um, oh, uh, lock, stock, lock, and, stock. Uh, yeah, he goes. That wasn't exactly rooms. lock, stock, and two smoking bear. Like with that tone, I was like, oh, I don't know God. you, man. <laughs> that guy gets home and he's like, I went to the movie theater. They didn't show the movie I thought they were going to show. I thought I was going to a screening of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and then I left, and this guy was no help. <laughs> All right, so we have the gentleman. Two movies with weed in them. I'm going with Tom. Grandma's Boy. Is there weed? Oh, there's so much weed. There's so much boy. I love Grandma's Boy. It it's, makes me laugh it's a lot. Really, Nick Swartzen is so funny in Grandma's Boy. He is so funny. And it, it's one of those movies where the cartoon characters still play enough. Do you know what I mean? Like the guy who works there that's just basically a robot autistic guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is still funny to me. It's Wait, not who, so, I don't who know. Who plays him? That guy's in a bunch of shit he's really funny too i can't remember. oh you you mean guy who lost who unfortunately probably has to audition for stuff zach woods gets yes <laughs> yes absolutely he's so funny in the movie. all right so we got grandma's boy and the gentleman first movie the gentleman 74 mm-hmm. percent on fuck? rotten tomatoes <laughs> god damn it uh, <sighs> second movie a gentleman grandma's boy 16 16 <laughs> percent so tommy Ogan for a 26 Tom, you're looking for a 84. Yes. And Tom, you will be picking first. I'm picking first? Yes. And then I'm going to go with Pineapple Express. Is there a weed in that? I just keep saying that. <laughs> I All already right. kind of regret that. Um, yeah, I'll see what I said. it. I'll stick with you it. You can switch it up until Tommy picks. Okay, I'll think until he picks. Think until he picks. Think until he picks. Um, <laughs> okay. Hmm. Wait, are you waiting until after I pick or are you trying to do it before? He, I'm trying to, to be, pick before. I'm trying you to pick, pick before you pick. Oh, okay. Half baked. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did I go? What is half baked harvest? Oh, I did a recipe from there. <laughs> My computer automatically took me to some website. All right, here we go. Um, Grandma's boy, sixteen percent. Pineapple Express, sixty-eight percent. That's okay. good. So we're looking at an eighty-four and eighty-four. Okay, I'm gonna that. be over. I can feel it. I the don't Gentleman, know. 74%. Oh, it was only 74 I think half-baked is, is lower than you think. 20. You nailed it. 9%. <gasps> wow. Talk about getting too high. I shouldn't have hit the damn bong. Uh, June Ho. Uh, you just should have put it on the bag with the happy face. Oh, so close. No, so who close. likes the gentleman? God damn it. I got to see the gentleman now. No, you don't. I got to see it, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, you look closer. Oh. We're both in the gentleman. <laughs> 103. I, I did get the gentleman uh, poster looks like a bad podcast. I got it mixed in. It does. I was just looking at it because I got into an argument with where I was completely wrong where i said that it was the prequel to the kingsman (laughs) i thought that was true but it was certainly not 
Oh, uh, that's just because it looks and feels like it would be. Well, there's a there is a prequel to Kingsman coming out, and I just I got it I got the titles mixed up. I felt You're like I've never seen any of those Kingsman movies, but Dude, they look like I'd enjoy watching. The first Kingsman, I I can't remember. I think the second one might not be great, or maybe I didn't see it even. Is the but second one I think it has Americans in it, like Channing Tatum joins the gang. I don't even remember. I can't remember if I saw it, which is a bad sign. But I loved the first one. I really had a good time in it. I enjoyed it. It's like funny and yeah, the cast is great. It's very great time. All right. Well, Tommy, you have a chance here to maybe tie our overall. We have three before and afters. Get ready to play before and afters. Three before and afters that we're going to do. You guys both know how before and afters work. Two movies have been smushed into one movie. I'll read you the new smushed together plot. You tell me the smushed together title. Um, Portmano is that out there? Portmanteau. Portmanteaus, which is what? that they can be all sorts of things, you know, whether it's <laughs> what were you Wolf say, of Wally Duff? Street, <laughs> yeah, say is, which is why uh, uh, now I can't even fucking put his name. <laughs> was it why people like the low angle shot from Tarantino? Mo- if Tarantino was directed say if Annihilation, Tarantino, you'd see a lot of Portman. I was going to say if Tarantino cast uh, Natalie Portman, it would be for the, yeah. <laughs> those Portmanteaus. <laughs> that was stupid. V for Venfoda. Yeah, there, there we go. I'm so yeah, mad that no. I fucking couldn't pull Tarantino's name. That's okay. Ugh. He will know. He will know and be mad, but it's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Three of them. So they can be all sorts of things. Wolf of Wally Street. Uh, you know, is it, uh, Saving Private Silverman for Argo. There's lots of ways to combine them, including infu- infuriatingly. These ones were su- user submitted. Uh, here we go. First one: An alien armada invades Earth and alters life as we know it, including eliminating any trace of the world's most popular band's music. Oh yes, yesterday of the Z. dead. <laughs> oh wait, neither of you were right, but you both had one of them. Oh shit! Uh, world. An alien armada, so not zombies, invades Earth and alters life. Oh as yeah. Yester- Independence yesterday. Oh, shit. Independence Ye- yesterday. All right, here it's we go. So stupid because so that's wait. what was I was thinking the entire time until you said the yesterday part, and then I fucking went. <laughs> <laughs> so it's three to one right now. Three to one in the overall score. Hmm. Mm. Tommy, you got to really rally <laughs> these off to end in a tie, and then it's just sort of a tie. Next one. After scrounging to get by on the streets. An Indian teenager competes on a game show with the help of a sport playing canine. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire, bud. Nice. Good job. If you can tell, I just found the harmonica. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last one. Last one. After years of mother-daughter tension, a New York playwright is brought back home by her mother's best friends to explain her mother's difficult past when she was trying to compete in the Olympics amidst abuse and her ex-husband's interference it's i tanya but i don't know the beginning mom and i tanya mama um, and me uh, tanya no <laughs> uh, i'm a me uh, to you <laughs> uh can you a mother daughter attention mother a new york playwright tension. is brought a new york playwright is brought back home by her mother's best friends to explain her mother's difficult past blah 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 I just don't know the first movie. I Tanha. 
All right. You guys ready? Is it Francis It's actually just the lyrics to the beginning of The Lion King. <laughs> Francis Itanya. <laughs> we are looking for divine secrets of the Itanya sisterhood. Oh, God. <laughs> never would have gotten never that. never pulled that. <laughs> I really hate getting stumped on here, too. I know. I like know. the other one, it was just a speed thing where I I was trying to think of Slumdog because I used to call myself the cum dog millionaire. And then I would say, I should <laughs> be able to get this pretty quickly. And then you really should have with that. Really uh, went down. Me memory. I, could... I was busy in memory lane. If you were if you could see my mind, my reality was like Slumdog millionaire where you asked a question and then I just flashed back to a time <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, we'll do one quick half TV, half movie to see if Tommy can tie it up to end everything. All right. So okay. it's quick. It's quick. It's quick. A movie about aliens and nothing at all. Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Oh, man. Could you imagine having to live in the world if you hadn't got Seinfeld? All of the TV ones are great. I'm just going to tell that you. That was great. Half TV, half movie. These were uh, submitted by Max. Seinfeld. The, uh, the Face Office, 30 Rocky, Community, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, V for Vendetta, Parks and Recreation, Dler's List, The Legend of Fleabagger Vance, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> nice. All good. But thank Very you, guys. Good. Very good. Um, so thanks fun. for coming on here. Tom, thank you for coming and reading parts and hanging out. Of course. And again, um, I apologize for the choice I made in that script. Um, <laughs> that's okay. We're cutting the script out. I didn't like how it went. But we'll have the game set. <laughs> Uh, Tom, tell 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 everyone about you and Tommy's podcast real quick. Yeah, check out Stand By Your Band, the podcast where me and Tommy have comedians on to defend music they like that people make fun of. Like this week, we had Christy Cello defending New Kids on the Block. We had Jimmy Pardo recently. We've had Kyle Ayers. Great show. We've had Kyle Kinane, Pat Oswalt, and more. Get in there. And also check out my other podcast, Stand Up with Tom Tagar on Comedy Central, where I get to play my favorite stand-up clips that Comedy Central owns. Great, thank you. And Tommy, tell everyone what, what you had. You had a, a podcast just come out. Yes, and we're I, gonna actually we're gonna play a clip from it after yeah. Tommy says this. I want to preface the clip so Tommy doesn't have to like pitch like this whole thing. Is I wanted to play a clip because I think it's very it's funny and you're gonna like it. And Tommy has a podcast, and we're gonna end the episode with a clip from it. So here, Tommy will pitch it. Yeah, so it's called uh, My Spectacular Life, a memoir in the key of storytelling. It's a fictional narrative podcast. It's a memoir of uh, this singer-songwriter named Thomas Rose. It's six episodes, all under 20 minutes, and it's a lot of jokes. I think you will like it if you give it a shot. Great. Uh, so we'll roll that clip now. Thank you guys for listening, uh, and I hope you enjoy that. And and thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, Always great thanks. to talk to you. Thanks, Kyle. So fun. So uh, before we get out of here, we teased it a little bit in the episode, a little bit at the beginning, but Tommy has a new podcast called My Spectacular Life, and it is a memoir in the key of storytelling. Uh, is the audiobook tell-all of a legendary singer-songwriter, Thomas Rose. This is a narrative fiction comedy podcast. Tommy wrote himself full of jokes, music, uh, using only his memories and his piano. He takes you on an incredible journey going from small town in the Midwest to the Grammys and beyond. Tommy, it's it's only six episodes. They're all under 20 minutes. Check it out. It's called My Spectacular Life, and it's a fun narrative comedy podcast from Tommy, who you just listened to. So here, enjoy a clip. You might be wondering, who is this? 
You probably recognize this voice, but maybe you can't place it. Or maybe not when I'm speaking. But let me ask you a question. Do you... <clears throat> Take that again. Edit point here. Start re-recording now. Do you recognize this voice now? <laughs> That's right. It's me, Thomas Rose, the famous singer, piano man, and memoirist. Now, this is the first audiobook for my first memoir, my Spectacular Life, a memoir in the key of storytelling by Thomas Rose. I decided to release it only in audiobook form because it's better for the environment and because I'm functionally illiterate. My teachers always tried to get me to read, but I would say, hey, there's no time to learn to read when you're gonna be famous. They loved me back then. The final reason I've chosen this audiobook format is you're not just getting me. You're getting me with my piano. Here's a question. When was the last time The Da Vinci Code did this? Suck it, Dan Brown. Star Audio, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.